Yes, hello everybody and welcome to a brand new Formula One podcast, certainly called What Time's The Race? Brought to you by the Eurotrips Podcast Network. I'm happy to say that I am your host, Ryan, and every single race week from start to finish, we'll be bringing you a podcast episode talking everything Formula One related. And this week, being the season opener, we'll be giving our predictions for the championship, any surprise packages that come along the way, plus ranking the team liveries from worst to best. Now, when I say we, that is because I'm joined by Mr. Sam Moores, who I hope will be joining me for every episode this season. And our other special guest this week is the urban pirate himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Andy. How are you both doing? I'm really good, mate. Really, really good. Looking forward to this, actually. Yeah, I'm good as well, mate. Thank you for having me on. And I mean, hopefully this F1 season is more entertaining than the last one. Oh, Christ. I've only just got that out of my head, to be honest. <laughs> my word. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Andy is the commentator for the Euro Trips Formula One League as well, in which we race every Friday night. So in a few hours' time, we'll be at Austria for round nine. So do check out his uh, his YouTube channel as well. I'll put it in the description of the podcast. And yeah, the same for Sam. He has the Sam Moore's podcast. So do give that a listen on all podcast platforms as well. But to kick things off today, we're going to rank the car designs and the liveries from worst to best, 10 to 1, shittest to best. You get the picture. Um, now, we're going to go one by one, given our 10th, i.e. our worst each, then 9, then 8, etc., etc. Now, I'm hoping everyone who's listening to this has have already seen all the car designs and haven't now got to Google it. So um, it should be quite easy for you all to, to come along with us here. I'm going to start... First, something, and this is this is going to cause controversy, especially with my friends who are all fans of this particular driver and this particular team. So it probably won't come as a shock that I've put them tenth, but I've put the Red Bull as my worst one simply because it's the same fucking car from last year. It, it has not changed at all. They have not done anything to it, and. I mean, a couple of the other cars you could probably say the same for, but in my opinion, at least they were decent looking. The Red Bull, I don't particularly like the car design. I don't particularly like delivery. Um, so yeah, there's no there's no bias in that whatsoever. It's it's the worst one for me. I'll go to Sam first of all for his worst one. Wow, I was not expecting the Red Bull. It's still nice. I think even though it's the same um, for me. I've gone for the Haas in 10th. Um, I think it's just a bit boring, really. Like, it's bland. It looks a bit like an ART livery from, like, F2 and, you know, from all the other junior formulas. But it's just, it's nothing special for me. It's just a black, white, and kind of a little bit of red on it as well. And, uh, yeah, not really enough sponsors on there. It just screams MoneyGram, obviously their new sponsor. Uh, it's got a lot of that on it, but it's just, it's just a bit bland, really. So I've got Haas in 10th. That's interesting. Can considering where I've put them in my list. Um, <laughs> and Andy, your number 10? Uh, number 10 for me, I think, I agree with you. I think the Red Bull, as much as I'm a bigger fan of Red Bull than you are, um, I just think it's the same paint every single year. And you literally, if it wasn't for the car designs changing a little bit, you wouldn't even know the difference. No, Boring. That, it's, exa it's exactly that. You know, 
they'd have done well if they'd have gone with the um the white one that they ran in Japan. That was actually very nice. I'll give them that. Um, I'm not sure why they've not used that design to be honest with you. Whether it's something to do with sponsorships, I don't know. But mix yeah. it up a bit. Exactly. You know, you change at least at least the Mercedes one has changed throughout the last few years. Obviously, last year was was my favourite by quite a distance. It was really nice looking. Obviously, it was a piece of shit, but it was still good looking. <laughs> um, this season's one, you know, isn't as good looking, but they've still changed up quite a bit, which is something I like. You know, you, you like to see it from most of the cars, but unfortunately, there was a few designs this year that didn't change at all. I'll um, tell you what with the Red Bull, actually. Sorry, I was going to say, it's not very good product placement, is it? Like, it doesn't even look like a can of Red Bull. Like, you know, there was a, a Toro Rosso from years ago, you know, the blue and the silver and the red that actually looked like a can of Red Bull. Yeah. That's, that was a really nice livery. This one just doesn't at all. No. You got, you make... I, don't I don't think the show, though, is very good for aerodynamics, though, is it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, um, number nine for, for me is the Alfa Romeo. Now... I'm not a fan of the dual colours. I don't mind black and red, but how they've done it with like black towards the back and then the red at the front, and I don't know. It just looks like someone's designed, you know, on on the PlayStation game, you know, when they when they start career mode or a multiplayer game, and uh, it just looks quite basic to me. I don't, I don't, I don't like it at all. So. That's my number nine. Um, back to Sam for his one. Okay, so my number nine, I've got the McLaren. Mm. Now, I had it really low last year as well, um, and it's the same here. For me, the black, orange, and like the golf blue, even though they're not even sponsored by golf anymore, but they still kept the blue, um, doesn't even go as a three, in my opinion. It's like, you know, like pick two. Pick either orange and black, like it has been previously, or orange and the blue, as it also has been previously. I mean, um, and I mean, the... McLaren have gone from not having any sponsors, you know, five, ten years ago, really struggling to get a sponsor, to having way too many now. It's they're just all over the car. And especially the the whole Google Chrome stuff as well. Like it just sort of there's too many colours on it and it's just a bit messy in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Andy? Um, not gonna lie, this I'll go with Ferrari for the same reason as the Red Bull. It never changes, it's the same bloody thing. And I know that kind of that red thing is the Ferrari thing. But again, just mix it up a little bit. Put put some something else in there. It just you can't separate it from any other Ferrari. So same reason why it's down there with the Red Bull. No, that's completely fair. Um Ape for me is one that Sam just mentioned, McLaren. For the for the same reasons that Sam really just mentioned, there's too much going on there. It's it looks really, really messy. And I, I did think that they would change it up with uh, when I watched their live stream, to be honest with you. So I wasn't expecting it to look pretty much the same as last year. But again, it's just, there's too much on there. And it, for me, it, it, it does look horrible, in my opinion. So as much as I wanted to say otherwise, because I do like McLaren, I just can't, can't rate it, to be honest with you. Um, Sam, what's your number eight, mate? Okay, so my number eight is one that you've already said um, already, Ryan, it's Alfa Romeo. Um, I mean, I loved last year's car. I mean, I think it was great. I loved the the white, the you know, the glossy red. You know, it looked great. I, just, I don't like the black, though. I mean, it's it's nicer than you know, I thought it was when I was looking through 
um originally but when i went back and was going off through them this morning it's grown on me a little bit but like i just don't know the back of the car like you were saying it goes from red to black and it has a little bit of red at the back again and that sort of ruins it for me if that if it was just black the whole way through you know because it goes there's like the the end of the car's red and the rear wing's back so if it was all if it was black all the way through i think it would look a lot nicer um but no for me uh for those reasons alfa romeo are down in eighth that's fair mate uh andy I completely agree. I put Alfa Romeo in the same place. And it looks like three different people have been responsible for painting the car, but at the same time. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's that's why it's, it's, it's down there in the uh, in eighth. No, I think uh, at least we all agree on that one anyway. Um, number seven now. From, from seventh onwards, really, I, I didn't mind any of these cars, but in terms of the order... I've, I've gone for Alpha Tauri in seventh. Um, I didn't mind it, to be honest. It looks all right. I just don't like, you know, they've got like the red around the wheels. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. I thought it looked nice when I first looked at it. And now I've gone back over it a few times. Just not a fan. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've gone with the Alpha Tauri in seventh. Um, back to you, Sam. Okay, so for my number seven, I've gone for the Williams. And I mean, it's basically the same as last year, really, which is why I've marked it down. Uh, it's quite a nice livery, but I mean, I liked it then, I like it now. Uh, and the Duracell battery at the top um, that does, uh, in the, you know, the airbox, does uh, does make it look a lot nicer, actually. I do I think it you know, adds to the car. But it's just a bit bland. Again, it's like Haas, they don't really have many sponsors either. So it's just, you know, colour on a bit of, of metal. Um, for a lot of it, uh, and for Williams, I was better more black with um, you know, playing carbon fiber, uh, on it like it was at the end of last year. But yeah, for me, it's it's nice. It looks a bit sort of Microsoft painty, but I like that. I like it, but yeah, for me, the Williams are seventh. No, completely fair, uh, Andy. Probably going to be a bit controversial this because I think a lot of people will like this, but I'm going for the Alpine. I mm. didn't like it last year, and I don't like it this year either. I don't. I, those colours blatantly, they do go together, they do, but it's, for me, it just doesn't work on a Formula One car, and I don't know what it is, but every time, I like the Alpine as a team, but every time I see the car, it makes me want to be sick. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a strong opinion, that is, from Andy. Um, no, this isn't yes, boding, unfortunately. <laughs> this isn't boding well for where my list is going, to be honest with you, but um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, number six for me is one Sam just mentioned, the Williams. Again, for similar reasons. I didn't mind it last year. I don't mind it this year. Um, I actually don't like the, the Duracell battery. I don't I don't know. It just looks odd for me. You know, a Duracell a battery doesn't look like something nice anyway, to be honest with you. So I don't know. It's it's clever marketing though, to be fair, from from Duracell, so fair play to them. Um but yeah, no, it's not a bad car. I don't mind the design, so I think it's fair to put it in sixth. Um Sam, for me, my number six is Alpine. Um, in my opinion, this is the worst Alpine livery, except from the the pink ones, which are awful. Um, yeah, I actually liked the racing point pink as well, but for the for some reason, it just doesn't work on the Alpine. Um, I don't like the pattern at the back of all the triangles as well. 
And for me as well, the another reason why I just don't like it is there's not enough like red or like you know the French detailing that there has been in recent Alpines. You know, think back to the first one, that was my favourite car that year. You know, it, it doesn't feel better when they're going for this whole French vibe, you know, two French drivers where, you know, that someday it, you know, there's talks they could even move their factory for you from Enstone to France, it'd make a lot of sense and it'd probably cost a lot less as well. Um with you know, people going back and forth from, you know, Paris to So the UK again, but um, no, for me, it's just it's, they're sort of contradicting themselves here, the BWT sponsorship, but they also want to be French. It's just not French enough. It doesn't make sense, really. No, yeah, it's completely fair. Um, Andy? I'm, I'm joining you now. I'm bringing the McLaren into play. I love McLaren. It's my, it's my favourite team by far. Um, but the last couple of years, the, the, the car just doesn't inspire me with any joy. And it does, it looks really thrown together again. It's almost like they decided to be, have a black car and they go, no, no, we want to keep the orange. And then no, no, let's put some blue in as well. And it, I don't know, it, it feels like it hasn't really been planned out very well. And I hate the Google Chrome stuff. It looks ridiculous. It makes it look like, I don't know if everyone remembers when you were kids, you had that little Simon thingy where you had to press the buttons in order. Um, you might be a bit young for that, but it was a toy we used to have in the 1980s where you'd have to kind of remember the sequence. And that's exactly what those wheels look like to me. And that's probably the main reason why it's uh, not very high up. Yeah, no, I think we can all agree. None of us like the McLaren. Um, now, number five for me is one, again, that hasn't really changed from last year. But because of how nice it is, I had to put it somewhere in the middle. And that's the Aston Martin for me. Um, I think the, the the sort of chrome green looks ever so nice, especially under the lights. And I like the little yellow stripe going through it as well. I don't know. I just just like everything about the Aston Martin. So for me, I I had to put it sort of uh, in the in my top five anyway. Um, now for Sam's fifth place, I've got uh, the Alpha Tauri. Um, I've always liked the Alpha Tauri liveries. Ever since they changed from Toro Rosso to Bonus View, and they always look better in person. Like you know, when you first you know stripped down for testing, when obviously now in practice uh, for the Grand Prix at the weekend. Yeah, for me, they always look better in person. It's that sort of matte finish. They go, they've gone from matte blue to matte white to matte white again to you know back to matte white again uh, this year. And I mean, I think the uh, the Orland sponsor actually adds to it as well, having a little bit of red, you know, stopping it from looking like just a plain white and blue car like the Haas does. Um, and yeah, the, the matte white over the sort of the shiny white in the house, you know, for me, I think it looks a lot better. So I've gone for the Alpha Tauri. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, Andy? I'm bang on with you with the Alpha Tauri. I think that's, that's bang on where it should be. Um, it, it's, it's decent enough. It's obviously much better looking than the Red Bull, um, but it, it's decent enough looking. And it's separate, although, look, we know the Alpha Tauri is essentially just Red Bull Junior. But it's separating itself in, in in the way it looks enough from Red Bull to to, be, to kind of stand alone. Yeah, no, I, I agree there. Like I say, I don't I didn't mind the Alpha Tower at all. Um, it the, the the just the red, you know, um, in inside of the tires, I didn't I didn't like. If they'd left that alone and just left the red, um, you know, on the floor and the back and on the halo, then I wouldn't mind it. Uh, it'd have probably been a bit further down my list, but. Um, no, that's uh, that's fair enough. Now, on to number four. Uh, for me, I've, I've gone with Ferrari, and although it is again similar to last year, noticing a theme here, um, I think I, I, I do like it. You know, it's got it's got a bit of black sort of um 
towards the floor, going into the reds. I like the black at the back as well. I don't know. I just, you know, Ferrari is always a nice car, apart from the one year where they had some green on it for no apparent reason. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't really leave it out of my, my top four. Um, you know, uh, back to Sam, really, for his fourth one. So I've got the Red Bull in fourth. I mean, yes, it's the same as always, but I mean, it's a modern classic as well. I keep it because you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I mean, as much as I would like, you know, a change, maybe you know, just do something different. They got like the special liveries, like obviously like the Japan one, uh, you know, etc. Over the past couple of years, there was the testing ones that are nice as well. If they run them more often, then maybe we would, you know, it would be liked more. But I think it looks nice. Uh, why change it? And it, it is ultimately, yes, like I said, modern classic in fourth. No, fair enough. Andy? Uh, it's higher up than you guys put it, but the Haas makes my top four. And yeah. I'll tell you why, is it reminds me of a lot of the older cars with, with a very kind of basic um, kind of livery, but it, but, but it looks like a, a, a kind of Formula One car throughout the years. It's almost like they've kind of taken some of the best looking cars over the last 20 years of racing and said, let's make our car look a bit like that. And I don't know whether it's the the sponsorship on the front that kind of brings it back to those days, but I, I really like it. I think it's a it's a it's a decent looking car. Yeah, no, I agree. Which is why it's in my top three. Well, I'm not going to say where just yet. Um, my my third place one is Alpine, which you two obviously won't agree with because you had it further down your list. But I I like the Alpine. I don't like the Alpine they're running this weekend. The all pink one. Um, the it's, it's the wrong shade of pink in my opinion it just doesn't look right um, the Alpine would be absolutely spot on if it wasn't for the horrible BWT logo which I don't like at all but apart from that like, like Andy said the two colours go well together so so much and I just I, I, I love the design personally I, I liked it last year and I like it again this year so for me it's, it's, it's third on my list um, in terms of you, Sam, who is your third place pick, mate? Okay, so I've got the Mercedes. Now, I love the all-black livery. I get, last year, I think I had Mercedes number two, so maybe they've fallen down a little bit, but I think it's outstanding. My only thing is, right, is that George Russell's like number, the, the green, looks horrible. Yeah. Like, last year, he was blue and Lewis was yellow, and I think that would suit a lot more for this car. Or maybe even just go for like the Petronas teal. It would, it would make it might even be my number one then, but like Lewis Hamilton's version of the car is amazing, and I love my top three equally to be honest with you. But just for that reason, I put Mercedes in third. No, yeah, fair enough. I do agree. I don't like the color, um, or even the font to be honest with you. The, no. the like I say, the ones that they had on their cars last year were, were perfect. They didn't need to mess with them. Um, obviously, the, I heard Sky Sports commentators earlier saying how happy they are that they've sort of put the, the green and the, the yellow on both their cars so they can differentiate them mm. a lot easier in the race. But, yeah, it just doesn't look that nice. Um, Andy, your number three, mate? Um, unlike you guys, I think that Duracell thing on the top of the Williams looks brilliant. I think it is genius advertising. And it it, it reminds me, I don't know if you guys remember the old Jordan cars when they when they still were advertising cigarettes and stuff, and they had that kind of 
the, the kind of shark Benson and Hedges thing going on. It was immediately obvious, A, what the car was, and B, what they were advertising. And I think it's the same with this Williams car. With that Duracell, it's instantly recognisable and will be for years and years to come. And I really like it. And that's why it's in my top three. It's certainly interesting. Like I say, I think it's certainly something that splits opinion. Um, but as I say, it, it was this genius from uh, from Duracell, so fair play to them. Um, number two for me is Mercedes. Um, we've we've spoken about them already. It's 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 a it's a lovely car. It really is. I'm I'm so happy they changed design as well back to black. Even though I loved last year's design, it was perfection um i just don't want to think about the car and its performance so yeah i just i, I like it like i say the only thing as we just mentioned that i would like to see them change is the font and the color of their numbers but apart from that it you know it's it's, it's really good again um i can't remember a year where i didn't like the mercedes design on their cars to be honest with you um now to sam for his second pick Okay, so my number two is the Ferrari. It's just beautiful, right? It's you know I love like the old like script written out Ferrari logo, like that's sort of quite vintage. That on the rear wing looks beautiful. Again, it's another Ferrari of like the Italian details. You've got the Italian flag there as well because you know showing off their heritage, being the only like, proper Italian team, as you say that like obviously they are like a religion in Italy. Um, and I mean for me as well, it looks like a as money wasn't around in the 90s it looks like a 90s car um you know like and you were saying they're going back to the jordan cars as well like it looks it looks like a ferrari it's got you know it's got the show on it it's got the old ferrari logo on it it look it looks really nice yeah no uh, similar reasons to why i had it in my top four as well you know really nice car um andy the Aston Martin, I think it looks really classy. I know you guys don't like it, but I, I, I think it's it's brilliant in the way it, it looks expensive. And mm. you know, we know we know that F one's expensive anyway. But in terms of the brand, we know Aston Martin to be a kind of elite top end brand, and they've made the racing car look like an elite top end racing car. And to be fair, so look, looking at some of the uh, the lap times today, they're probably not far off. But um, I think it looks brilliant. Really, really nice. It does fit in, doesn't it, with that whole James Bond-esque feel. It, it looks like an expensive car driven by, you know, someone someone posh, someone cool. Absolutely. And they've been really clever with the sponsors because if you look at the sponsors, other than JCB, which kind of dumbs it down a little bit, um, all the other sponsors are quite elite brands within their market. You've got mm -hmm. Peroni, Hugo Boss, yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, all, they're all kind of up there. Uh, no, it is, it's, it's a very nice car. Um can't remember. I think I had had them in fifth place, if I'm not mistaken. Should really know my own list. Yeah, they are. They were in fifth. So yeah, again, I I, I logged them last year and I logged them again this year. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, my number one, I believe, was Sam's number ten, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the Hass. I I I love the Hass. I really do. I couldn't believe it when I first looked at it because it's obviously such a stark change to what they've had previously. But I don't know. I just I, I like how they've designed the black and the white and the red together. Um, you know the uh, the Palm Angels uh, sponsorship on the on the side part as well is is really nice. And I just think it's such a nice car. And I know Sam didn't like it at all. I just I think it just looks like a proper old old school racing sort of car and not 
something you know just plain and boring like they've had in previous years. So I yeah I I couldn't really think of the only any other one that I sort of couldn't decide upon where they would go as Mercedes. It was between them two and for uh, for the reasons I mentioned about Mercedes, I've, I've put the Haas as number one. Uh, now on Sam. Uh, my number one is the Aston Martin. It is the best Aston Martin yet, and yet it's not too dissimilar from last year. But the one thing that really, really annoyed me last year was that it was, you know, it was the the, you know, the chrome green, as you're saying, with the lime green and the black, and in the back of the car on the you know, the very back of the rear wing, there was a massive blue and green Aramco logo, and it ruined the back of it. Mm-hmm. They've got rid of that this year, uh, and for that reason, it's my number one. It's the best looking car on the grid by far. As Andy was saying, it it looks premium. You know, you got you, you got everything. You know, the, the Aston Martin logo on there is very, you know, just massive on the side of it. Very sort of James Bond. You got, you know, like I said, sort of kind of like bougie as the posh people would say. Logos are like of Peroni and Boss and you know and you know Jupiter and you know they, every logo being white. No, you know, random colours on there. Everything about the Aston Martin. It's perfect. And that lime green stripe, as always, is great. It is a lovely car. Uh, now, Andy, your number one pick. Incredibly surprising, bearing in mind my thoughts on certain teams within F1, but it's the Mercedes. I think it's gorgeous. It look it looks mean as well. It looks like it means business. It looks like it's going to be faster than it actually is going to be as well. That's the thing. We know it's not going to be super super quick this year, but um, it it looks absolutely fantastic. And I disagree with you about the lime green. I think that's really really nice. I think it it pops out really well from the car, and and just gives it that little edge of fun. So you've got this really mean looking black car with a business stripe down the side of it and then you've got this lime little bit of green saying yeah we're here to have some fun as well and i really like it this year it's it's the nicest mercedes they've ever had and it's the first time i'd ever put it anywhere near the top five i didn't expect that because i know i know andy's thoughts on on mercedes and i know his thoughts on um the greatest racing driver of all time as well so (laughs) it's I, I, I was a little bit surprised, but they are our number 10 picks for the worst car designs to the best car designs. Um, let us obviously all know what you're all thinking, if you agree or disagree with any of our opinions, which I'm sure there's some of you that will. Uh, now, going on to our predictions for the season ahead. Now, obviously, we've only seen a little bit of pre-season testing, and pre-season testing is... You can't really take too much from it there's a lot of teams that sandbag each other you know they're not obviously showing their full hands so you don't really know who's got what until qualifying starts uh tomorrow obviously we've seen two practice sessions so far today and uh andy briefly mentioned obviously aston martin have been up there fernando alonso was uh was quickest i believe in fp2 I believe Sergio Perez was quickest in FP1, but Alonso was third in that session as well. So, um, you know, it's it's evident that the Aston Martin has some pace to it. We knew the Red Bull would be would be strong as well as it was last season. It was the best car on the grid last season by quite a distance. Um, it's funny that the you know the top two teams at the moment are the two that you know broke the cost cap rules as well. So um, that's a that's a little interesting thing to note, but um, yeah, it's 
it's, it's I think it's hard to judge right now, but for me it looks like Red Bull are are still quite a distance. But you know, I I listened to the to the Sky Sports commentators who mentioned that they think Ferrari are sandbagging a little bit and that they've got a lot more in that car than what they've already shown. They could very well be up there tomorrow. Um, but we're going to start um, with the most important one, which is the championship winner. Um, I'm going to let Sam go first on this one and, and give us his thoughts. For me, I, I can't pick anyone other than Max Verstappen at this moment in time. I mean, before today, I would have said he was going to run, run away with it because that Red Bull in testing looked by far the best car. Um, now, today, Ferrari had quite good race pace towards the end. Charles Leclerc was matching uh, Max Verstappen's lap times towards the end of the session, um, which was completely different to what was happening in testing, where Ferrari were really struggling with, uh, with the race pace. But for me, Max, is, Max and Lewis are the two best drivers in F1. Yeah, and there's quite a big jump below them, in my opinion. Mm. And ultimately... Max has got the best car. Um, you know, he's in the form of his life right now. Yeah, and it looks like we're gonna maybe you know this is a, this will be his third. Yeah, he might get five. You know, before we see any other person win it at this rate, because it looks like Red Bull just got the jump on everybody else on uh, these set of regulations, as Mercedes did in the previous set of regulations. And uh, yeah, for that reason, I can't look past anyone but Max Verstappen right now. Well, I hope, hope you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll go to Andy as well. Um, I'm sure he shares similar thoughts to you. Yeah, I mean, I, it is very difficult. As you said, it's really difficult to look past Max to win it this year just because of how well Red Bull, as, as you said, have adapted to the changing regulations, but also just because of how talented he is and how well he can throw that car around, even when it's not up to 100%. I mean, we saw a few races last season where the car wasn't quite giving him what he wanted, but he was still chucking it around at crazy lap times. And I think it is difficult to see past anyone but him. Although, I do think if Ferrari can sort out their reliability issues and their tactical issues, I think Charles Leclerc is not a bad shoe-in for a kind of outside bet for the championship. No, I agree with that, which is why I've picked Charles Leclerc for my champion this season now last season i picked lewis hamilton and we know how that turned out so this season i'm not going to do the same thing but i think ferrari they would have been obviously a lot lot closer last season had they not had a bunch of clowns on their strategy pit wall but i think they would have would have sorted that out a little bit more this season and i don't it's i think it's nearly impossible for them to make as many mistakes as they did last year so for that reason alone, and for, for Charles Leclerc being another year older, a bit more mature, you know, he's he's one of the best on the grid. He's still a little bit behind uh, Verstappen and, and Hamilton, in my opinion. But I think he's um, he's definitely got it there. And like I say, if Ferrari can sort the car out, I really do think that he's got a, a chance this season at winning it. But obviously, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of races this season. The most races, I believe, for a very very long time, if ever, this year. Um, yeah. In terms of the constructors, again, this is a tricky one because Ch- Checo for Red Bull has delivered results here and there. 
but it was evident towards the end of last season that he was not happy. We know what happened um, in Brazil um, with him and with him and Max, and uh, he didn't sound too happy as well today on the radio and in, in little snippets. So you do wonder where where he'd, his head is at really. Um, with uh, with Carlos at Ferrari, he's a bit similar. We know he can get you know a podium. He's always got that little mistake in him, and uh, for 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 them reasons, I'll probably side with Red Bull regaining the constructors again, just because I think Checo is a little bit more reliable than Carlos in that respect. So that's my constructors pick. Um, I'll go to Andy this time for his constructors champions. I think I think you're right. I think you, your analysis, it's not really looking at what the first driver is going to do. It's looking at what the number two is going to be capable of. And mm-hmm. certainly, I mean, Checo is quick. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he can really put some lap times in in that Red Bull. But he does have that kind of, um, what I like to call a brain fart. Like, sometimes he'll be one of the best drivers out there. And there'll be other times where you wonder how he got to drive in the first place. Mm-hmm. So there is that kind of worry for Red Bull. Um, but then you have to look at the only other car I think at the moment that's in a position to do anything is going to be Ferrari. And I think Carlos Sainz just, for whatever reason, I mean, he's a great driver and he comes from great driving heritage. But for some reason, he just doesn't seem to be able to do with the car what you can see Charles Leclerc do with it. And I think for that reason, again, I think it'll be close between Red Bull and Ferrari, but I think Red Bull, again, will just edge it. But I think it'll be a lot closer. Mm, yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, Sam? I'm going to be really boring here. And I'm going to say Red Bull. You know, again, just a class above everybody else, in my opinion. Ferrari, I, don't, I just don't trust them. And, you know, like you know what I'm saying, like, science has got a mistake in him. He hasn't, you know, admittedly got helped out by a bit of a bump, but, you know, he had a, a spin in practice today. Just, you know, look, we've, I feel like I've seen many times before. I like Carlos as a driver, but he, it, sometimes he just has the moments and the Perez has them too, uh, but less so. So I'd go for um, I'll go for Red Bull. I wouldn't be surprised to see Aston Martin as second though, which I, I'm sure will be interesting. But they've looked really good so far uh, the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I, do, I don't want to add actually. I do agree with you about Aston Martin. I think. Um, and as much as much as I hate to say it, I think the weak link there there will be large stroll, and I don't yeah. think he'll be right capable now. of co- scoring the the sort of points to get them up there. I think it's going to be kind of carried on the shoulders of Fernando Alonso this year. That's interesting now because going on to our driver driver to watch this season. Now I get a lot of stick and a lot of shit for for supporting this man and for actually quite liking him. Um, but it, but it is Lance Stroll because I don't actually mind Lance. Oh, Stroll. No. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of people say he's obviously only in that seat because of his dad, and I can I, I can understand that point. I can I can see that point, but he's not a bad driver at all. And I just think with a with a better car this year, we might be able to see a little bit more from him. And he's, he's a likable guy in my opinion. I can't dislike him, and I really do think he could have a. Have a, have a good season and really score some decent results for for Aston Martin in that car, um, especially with his dad there. You, you wonder which uh, which side of the garage they might be favouring. Um, but uh, for Sam, who is your driver to watch? Um, 
it's not Lance Stroll, believe it or not. Um, I, although it, it is an Aston Martin driver, I'm going to go for Fernando Alonso. Obviously, everybody knows who Fernando is. He's won, he's won two world titles. You know, and he, he's you know had time away from the sport um, and stuff. But since he's come back, you know, uh, in what was it twenty twenty one? Since or twenty twenty? No, twenty twenty. Either way, last couple of years since he's come back, um, Fernando has been. Incredible. He's he's been, probably been with what he had, at, uh, you know, with Alpine, probably been the best driver other than Lewis and Max, in my opinion. Like George has been up there recently as well, but for yeah, Fernando, just because uh, I think he could probably come P two or P three in in the drivers championship with this car right now, in my opinion. Yeah, lovely stuff. And then very quickly, Andy. I, I was kind of torn, like you know, I was going to go, and it wasn't going to be with Lance Stroll, um, with, with going with Fernando Alonso, um, because I think he's one of those guys that, um, had he had a better car underneath him, he might be sitting on eight world championships. However, I'm not going for Fernando Alonso. I think the guy to watch this year is going to be Pierre Gasly. He, I think when he went to Red Bull, it, it wasn't really the right time for him. But he's quick. There's no doubt about it. And if the Alpine can give him the performance that I think he deserves, I think he's going to be a lot higher up than you would expect. Well, thank you, Andy, for that pick as well. Pierre Gasly of Alpine for his driver of the season, or surprise pick of the season, should I say. Some uh, some interesting opinions, some varied opinions there. I, I can see in, um, well, not 12 months' time, but... At the end of the season, I'm probably going to get some stick for that Lance Stroll But I don't might know. Might be sooner than the end of the season, I think. <laughs> it, it, it might be. Um, to be fair to him, he's uh, he's been racing today, I think, with a, with a pin in his wrist or whatever he's had done. Um, he's still like P6 as well, to be fair. Yeah, he's been, he has been. was struggling to turn the car because of that today. Um, and he still managed to get it up there, to be fair. And... Um, uh, just yeah, my, my my sentimental side. I think putting him putting him there, but um, yeah. I mean, there's not much more else to add. Um, we've got everything in that we wanted to to get in for today. Um, in terms of the weekend and from what we've seen, I I, I can only really unfortunately see a Max Verstappen win. Um, is it the same opinion that you both share? Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, but then I've seen what what Nando's done in in the Aston Martin over the last couple of uh, practice sessions. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it is all about Max. Um, you have to worry about whether Ferrari have just been sandbagging a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's difficult to look past anyone but Max. One thing I will say actually um, about this season is I think this season is a make or break for Nando Norris because mm-hmm. I, look, I know McLaren haven't given him the greatest of cars this season. But he, he's kind of been there and then fallen off every season so far. And I think this is really his last chance to kind of prove that he is better than the car. The same way that George Russell did when he was in the Williams. And I think that's, that, that really for Lando Norris is a make or break this year. Yeah, you could well, well be right there because you do wonder if McLaren don't sort themselves out within the next couple of years where he could go because... You know, obviously, he, he, he's long been linked with Red Bull, which would make zero sense because no. Verstappen's going to be there for a very long time, and you know, no, no one who's serious about winning the title will go 
and be the number two at Red Bull. Um, you don't. We don't know how long Lewis is going to be at Mercedes for. Obviously, George Russell was the future there. Um, you know, they've got a lot of drivers, young drivers to pick from as well. Um, Ferrari, I, I don't know. You've got Charles Leclerc there, and it's a similar situation to Red Bull. So you do wonder really where where he could go. Um, and that will obviously be a worry for him going into this season because the McLaren does look really bad again. Um, it's, it's not looked good in testing and there's a lot of issues that, that could very well be there. Um, I think it might be Aston Martin for, for Lando. And this this might, if they can keep up what they've, what they've produced this season, then it, w- it won't be that big of a surprise. But they, I mean, Lawrence Stroll has been incredibly, incredibly aggressive um, as a, looking at a team owner since he, he bought Aston Martin. Uh, obviously, they've got the new factory and wind tunnel coming on the way um, that they broke ground for early in the year. So tons of new staff come in. All they've done is they've poached a lot of the best staff from other teams and got them in. So their new technical director, Dan Fallows, he was the head of aerodynamics at Red Bull before and he is responsible for not only this car, but also the car that they switched to halfway through last season, where they were one of the worst cars, and then suddenly became, you know, a solid midfield outfit. Um, you know, with the new philosophy, obviously they got done for sort of copying Red Bull a bit. But if it's the Red Bull head era, of course he's going to do that because what he knows and what he's good at. Um, yeah, they also got Eric Blandin from Mercedes and Luca Fabato from Alfa Romeo as well. And you know, with everything, they spent a lot of money. Um, obviously not as bad over the cap as Red Bull were last year, which is why I didn't really get punished for it. But, you know, they've been very smart of it. And honestly, Fernando Alonso is like a perfect driver for the project. But once Fernando, once Fernando retires, you know, Lance Stroll's going to be there forever, I expect, unless he suddenly decides to move on himself. But Lando would be great for that project because it's an English team. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, big name, um, it's like a good, you know, brand model with Aston Martin are really gonna actually take this you know, proper serious as it looks like they are. That's a solid pick to be fair. Um I didn't really think about it in that sense. So definitely um definitely an interesting point there. And I think depending on how Fernando does and how long he wants to stay in the sport for, um, if he did decide to retire at the end of the season and, and they weren't obviously able to get Lando Norris, it could very well be a good seat um, for Daniel Ricciardo to return to. Mm, well. Yes, very good, yeah. yeah it's all, it's all. I, I really disagree. I think I think he had his time, Ricciardo. I think he had his time. He's had his opportunity. And I don't think he's... I don't, I, don't think he's a, I don't think he's a bad driver. I think he's a good driver. And let's face it, you know, if you're, if you're in one of the best 20 drivers in the world for that length of time, you've got something about you. But I think if Aston Martin want to kick on and win championships... They're not going to do it with Daniel Ricciardo. They're going to need young drivers like Lando, if he, if he can pull it off, or, or even one of these new guys coming through, if they can show some kind of something about them. But I think looking looking at someone like um, Ricciardo, I think is it, it, that's kind of looking back too far. You, you want some experience, yes, but you also want some young blood, someone that's hungry. And I think, and I don't necessarily think he's got that hunger that he used to have. Well, they've got that though. They've got that in Lance Stroll. So he doesn't. That's, that's why. Yeah, but, it's, but it's difficult to be that hungry when, and and you know, I I mean this in, in the nicest way possible. When essentially, it would take a lot. He he he. Would, I can't think of the, the amount of bad things he would have to do to lose that seat when yeah. your dad owns the team. 
So there's always going to be, it doesn't matter what he does, I mean, without winning a championship, there's always going to be hanging over his head. Why is he there? So you are going to have to look at the, the driver in the other seat being there really on merit. No, that's, that's a fair point. I do, like I say, it's a crying shame that we're not currently uh, seeing Daniel Ricciardo in the sport because, you know, he 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 he's a, he's a huge figure in the sport. And I think it was a, a massive mistake for him to go back to Red Bull to be a development driver or reserve driver or whatever he is there. Uh, I did not understand that whatsoever. And I think that puzzled quite a lot of people. I know he's been there before, but, but in, in how he left when he went to Renault, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It, uh, yeah, I didn't like that one bit for him. Um, I would have rather him seen, seen him gone to, to Haas or to Williams, to be honest with you, than um, ended up there. You know, I understand in a sense why he's done it. But Aston Martin would be the best he could possibly get if he comes back into the sport next season, because he's not going to get a drive at any of the top three. And it's, it's, it's evident that Alpine don't want him back. They had the opportunity and then instead they brought Gasly back. So you wonder, uh, is he? someone mentioned, is he maybe holding out for Audi when they're coming in a couple mm-hmm. of years? Time? But again, that's not till 2026. You know, that's still a couple of years away. You know, and he can't surely be waiting for that because, I mean, he's, he's, he's in his 30s now, so... That ain't gonna happen. So of course, there's no guarantees with Audi either. I mean, yeah, Audi. You know, we're looking, we're looking at quite a few seasons. We're looking three seasons before Audi are even anywhere near it. Yeah. And over that stage, you've got people like Logan Sargent. You've got people like Nick De Vries. You've got Oscar Piastri. Those guys just coming into the sport mm. could very well secure themselves a seat in one of these new teams coming in. Exactly that. So I do think it's going to be very difficult for for Ricardo to get now back into the sport and especially into a into a decent seat. So he may have to, if he does want to come back, he may just have to settle for, you know, whatever he can possibly get, um, which might not, um, you know, which might not inspire him. So he, we, we may have seen the last of him, which would be, which would be a shame because he's one I don't of- think so. I think we'll see him on Sky Sports F1 within, <laughs> within two years. <laughs> Potentially. It's a good shout, to be fair. It's a good shout. I mean, it would be, it, it'd be, it'd be a lot better than what they've had in the past. I'm, I'm very happy that we, we no longer got to endure Paul DeResta um, every bloody week because mm. he was fucking awful. Um, it's a shame. Um, I've, I've, I've lost his name now. It's completely gone blank. But an, another guy that we're not going to see on there now for next season. I can... Johnny Herbert. Johnny Herbert. Yeah. That's the one. I, I, I think he was absolutely brilliant. And I'm quite surprised that they've not got him back for next season really oh, I think season. it's a diversity thing I think there was a there was a, a little bit of um of shots fired at Sky about the the lack of diversity among I mean they were pretty much rich white guys yeah. um, the entire the entire field and uh, I think I think that's one of the reasons why they, they kind of had to look at who can we afford to cut and uh, unfortunately he was just one of them that's fair that's good. It is fair I mean he may end up you know going on to Channel 4 maybe you know maybe or you know, F1 TV, who knows? But yeah, it'd be nice to see see him still retain some kind of media position. Um, but like I say, um, apart from that, I think uh, we've wrapped up quite nicely. We've given our picks for the weekend ahead. Qualifying tomorrow and the race on Sunday, three o'clock is lights out here in the UK. If you didn't know, I and mean, when you needed a reminder, there you go. Um, 
but yeah, um, any final thoughts from you guys? No, I, th- I think we're going to need a race or two before we know where everyone really slots in. It's really difficult from pre-season testing and from um, the first couple of practice sessions to really pick out the tops. But I think I think by the time we we finish the Bahrain, we'll have a, a good idea. And then two or three races later, we will absolutely know who's nailed in and who's in big trouble. As for me, it looked really close, actually. Like I think there were... 16 or 17 cars all separated by about a second mm. in the in the fast runs in fp2 earlier so if that's anything to go by it means you know other than perhaps williams and alpha tauri down at the bottom we're going to get a really competitive sort of midfield you know teams jostling for positions um you know mclaren might fall down a little bit in some tracks because there are there is concerns with that car but i mean other than that i think it's just i just want you know surprise and we didn't really get the half of last season um, obviously, the George Russell winning in Sao Paulo aside, but um, yeah, no, just any. I just want good racing, really, and it looks like we will get that this year. So, yeah, let's let's see. We can only hope because we want last season out of our minds as quickly as possible. So let's hope we get some decent, decent racing, even if it's not at the front, you know, even if it's for, for podium places or in that midfield, like you say, and. Uh, we want, we like I say, we want surprises, we want shocks, and we want entertainment because that's what it is at the end of the day. But that has wrapped us up very nicely for our first episode on what times the race. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time uh, before we start round two, and I'm sure there will reflect on anything that we've seen from round one in Bahrain, as well as any other news in the world of Formula One. So. Big thank you to Sam and Andy for for taking the time out to come on the podcast today. And I'm sure they'll both be back on very, very soon. And I hope everyone enjoys their weekend. Enjoy the race. And we'll see you all very soon.